Just open your mouth and speak to God and say, Father, thank you for the message that is contained in the season. Thank you, Lord, for coming in the form of a man in this world that is full of sin, in this world that is, is, is full of all evil, but you decided to dwell in your creation. You decided to become a man that you will dwell in your creation for the salvation of the creation. Father, we thank you. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. Even as we look into your word, we pray, Lord, that you speak to our hearts and help us, Lord, in this brief moment to understand your word. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Hallelujah. Merry Christmas, everybody. I just want you to turn to your left and your right and then with a warm handshake. If your hand is not warm, rub it so that it will be warm. Hallelujah. And then give a Merry Christmas handshake to somebody by your left and right hand side. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I, I wanted to just continue with the teaching on giving today. But I've received questions. Some people have asked me questions. What should we celebrate Christmas? You know, what is the meaning of Christmas? I've heard so many things about Christmas. Is it good for me as a believer to celebrate Christmas? Two, three people, and then I try to answer the question, but, you know, I wasn't even prepared to teach or speak on anything that has to do with Christmas because I believe so much that we are familiar with the message already. Amen. But then there is a need for a question to be answered. And I think this is just what I believe God will want us to answer this morning briefly. What is the history of Christmas? I think some years back we, we had a teaching here. Some years back, I think before we even started as a church here. And I think it's very important that we understand the history of December 25th. So that we will celebrate. Okay. Hallelujah. The understanding of Christmas, the understanding of the history of this celebration is very important for us. If we will celebrate with an understanding. You know, when we are young... As kids, the only thing that excites us about Christmas, apart from the food that we eat, apart from all the, you know, the food will be prepared and everything. The new clothes that we wear was also an excitement. You know, there's something so special about Christmas clothes that once you are in need, there's a joy and aura that it provides. And as we grow older, you know, we lose excitement of Christmas in that context as children. Hallelujah. So, where did Christmas start? What is the origin of Christmas? First of all, I want to begin by, you know, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not here, you know, whenever I come here, people say that I'm just here to maybe scatter tables or to say some certain things. But it is very important that whatever we do here, we do it with understanding. Hallelujah. Our desire is that our worship our worship to God must be from the position of information, from the position of knowledge. 
so that we will be able to do what we are doing with meaning. We will not celebrate Christmas as any other person is celebrating Christmas. Amen? You know, someone asked me that, is there anything Christmas in the Bible? And I told him, there's nothing like Christmas in the Bible. Amen? In fact, it can be traced to the Roman pagan festival called Saturnalia, if my word is, is pronunciation is correct, commemorated in honor of Saturn, the god of harvest and agriculture. That is the first thing that you should know about Christmas. 25th of December as a day for celebrating Christmas. It was actually a day that was originally for the celebration of a, a pagan god. It was an adulterous mid-winter festival that was characterized largely by immoral behavior, such as drinking, partying, you know, gambling, and nudity. Amen. Now, do you see why there's a lot of immorality during Christmas period? Because there's a spirit, actually, that the season comes along with. This has been in practice for many centuries, even before Jesus Christ was born. So the birth of Jesus Christ was not the starting point of celebrating December 25th. Hallelujah. Now, this information is very important. So actually, December 25th is celebrated annually as the birthday of the Son God. It is a time when the sun returns from the southern hemisphere, which is marked by short daylight and long night. It is referred with different names, winter solstice, for some of us that are good with geography, midwinter, extreme winter, shortest day or shortest, uh, shortest day or shortest day as it is. So how did Christmas became or become a Christian celebration? How did Christmas move from the celebration of a pagan god, something that is idolatrous, full of immorality, to what the church? Today, the belief, I mean, when I mean the church, I mean the universal church. How did Christmas become a Christian celebration? Now, the exact date of December 25th, the exact date of December 25th as a celebration of Christmas was officially established by the Roman Catholic Church in the 4th century. Amen. So, the first, the 4th century, not even the 1st century, the 4th century, it was later that December 25th was, you know, was accepted and adopted. This decision was made by the Pope Julius I, who chose December 25th as the official date for the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ in order to coincide with the existing Roman, Roman holy day of Sol Invictus, that's the name of that sun god, which was a festival in honor of the Roman sun god. Now, they incorporated the idolatrous festival and, celeb and, you know, relabeled it with Christ's name. That is Christ Mass, right? Which is Christ Mass, what we call Christmas. Hallelujah. Now, to make it comfortable for those converts into Christianity who did not want to give up the big annual pagan festival because the festival comes along with an economy, comes along with, you know, a lot of, you know, advantages for business people. You know, Christmas is one of the most celebrated, I think it's the most celebrated holiday in the world, right? You know, where a lot of resources is spent and expended and invested and, you know, wasted in some context in this 
one day. Others report say that the church did not did that because they found it very dangerous to honor Jesus' birth under Roman rule that they may be punished by death. However, the case we know, the origin of Christmas is not of God. Hallelujah. I must say categorically that it is not an inspiration of God to celebrate December 25th. Amen? It is not an inspiration of God to, what, to celebrate December 25th. Neither was a practice by the early church. Now, Jesus never thought about December 25th. You can read through your Bible. If you check your Bible and you see a date slated for the celebration of Christmas, then, I mean, maybe your Bible is not the Bible that we all use. It's pirated. Or maybe made in Bethlehem. But there's no, not, no mention of that in the scriptures. Hallelujah. Jesus never thought about 25th of December to be celebrated as, as a day for, Jesus, for Christmas. The apostles never thought about it. Now, for something to be established as doctrinal, first of all, it must be taught. Fundamentally, it must be prophesied in the Old Testament. Taught by Jesus. Taught by the apostles and practiced by the early church. Then we can say this is a doctrine to be uphold and practiced as, a, as, as, as fundamental practice and doctrine of our faith. So nowhere in scriptures do we see the apostles, the early church. When you read through the entire book of Acts, do you see where they celebrated Christmas? So it was never a celebration in the early church. It was never taught by any apostle in the early church. Hallelujah. So this is very fundamental so that when we celebrate, we celebrate with understanding. The fact that the practice, a practice has been perpetuated and made popular for centuries, does not make it God's inspiration. Hallelujah. It doesn't mean that God is the inspiration of such practices. So we can't afford to follow the world. We can't afford to do what the world is doing the way the world is doing it. The Bible admonishes in Jeremiah chapter 10 verse 2. Give me Jeremiah 10 verse 2. It says, learn not the way of the heathen. We shouldn't learn, we shouldn't practice. We shouldn't conform ourselves to the practices of the heathen. As believers, we have a way of life. Thus says the Lord, do not learn the way of the Gentiles. Do not be dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the Gentiles are dismayed at them. But key word there is that quotation that says, do not, what? Do not learn the way of the Gentiles, the heathen, those who don't know God. Hallelujah. So whatever practice you are doing, whatever custom, even in your church, wherever you find yourself, question every single thing you do. And question it in line with God's word and see. Ask, why do we do this? Hallelujah. Even in your traditions, you know, somebody will say, oh, it's, it's our tradition, it's our custom. Ask why. For example, now, paying of bride price, right? Why do they pay bride price? They say we must bring a, a white goat or a brown chicken. Why, why brown? Why brown? Why white? Why red? Be specific and act so that you will not be practicing something that, you know, you don't know the origin. Hallelujah. So we must seek knowledge. We must seek information. We must seek to know the reason why we do the things we do. We must stop telling children lies about Christmas and Santa Claus. Santa Claus is not an angel. 
Nida is a younger brother of Jesus. I don't want to even go to the history of that one because that will only distract us because of time. Hallelujah. But then, that is not the meaning of Christmas. The message of Christmas is not about Santa Claus. It's not about decorations and lightning and new clothes and food and all those things. Even though they come along with the season. We must tell the truth even to children about the message of Christmas. What did the Bible say about the birth of Jesus? We read through and then it was dramatized for us here. There's no place in the Bible that states the day. Amen? There's no place in scriptures that gives specifically, unequivocally, that this is the day that Jesus was born. I think it was deliberate. Hallelujah. I think it was deliberate that God decided to make it not a record for us. If not, if we are born on that day, maybe they'll associate you to a God. Hallelujah. There's no place in scriptures that says exactly the day that Jesus was born. When the angel announced the birth of Jesus to the shepherds, they were tending their flocks at night in the field of Judea. Luke chapter 7 verse 10, we read earlier on. Now, if that time was truly during the winter as we do around this uh, December 25th, those shepherds would not have been found at night with their flocks in an open field in Judea. Because I believe it's the same weather we have around this region, right? Imagine in this cold weather, some of you, these few days, you're looking for blankets, you're looking for jackets, you're looking for heaters, and then the angel will appear to shepherds in the open field. Is it, is it adding up? So it simply means that it, Jesus wouldn't have been born in the month of December. Hallelujah. Jesus wouldn't actually wouldn't have been born. There are many proofs we can go. I don't want to bore us with so much information and data, but there are many, many proofs that prove that Jesus was not born in December on December 25th. Hallelujah. Now I'm heading somewhere. Now the winter is characterized by a pierced, rainy and cold weather. This therefore informs us that the real Jesus, the real one, right, must not have been born in some time other than the winter period in some other time other than the winter period. So the question is, do we need to celebrate Christmas or any other day as special? Hallelujah. Now, I'm saying this so that, you know, the spirit of the Christmas, as we're singing and celebrating, that that spirit, which is the right spirit, actually, will not die in our hearts. Hallelujah. Now, certain days in the Old Testament, such as a Sabbath, and many other festivals, if you read Leviticus 23, you see different days that was given in the Old Testament. They were celebrated as special holidays. But they are a shadow of what was to come. Okay? They were a picture indicating what will come. Those holidays and those practices were not the real thing. But they were a pointer to what will happen. To what will come. Now, the reality is Christ. Hallelujah. Now the reality is not December 25th. The reality is the personality that is celebrated in that day. Hallelujah. Christ has come and he has brought us into the will of God by making ev- so making every day of our lives special and holy. Hallelujah. So there's nothing special and holy about December 25th. 
the reason why today is holy because you are holy. Hallelujah. What makes today a special day is because you are special. In fact, the day was made for you. Amen. God does not live in days and months and years. He lives outside time. Hallelujah. So every day is God's day. Hallelujah. So 25th cannot be the only day you celebrate Christ. Hallelujah. So there's nothing sacred and holy about December 25th than any other days. Friday is sacred and it's holy and it's a blessed day. Hallelujah. Monday is holy, even though some of us don't like Monday. But it's holy, it's righteous, right? It's sacred. The exam day is holy, it's sacred. <laughs> Hallelujah. And it's worthy of being celebrated. So what do we celebrate? We celebrate Christ all the time. Hallelujah. We cannot live any longer in the shadow while we have the reality. That is what I just want to say here. We can no longer continue to live in shadows whereas we have what? The reality which is Christ. And Christ lives in us. The reality has come and it's Christ. There's nothing special and holy about any single day alone. Colossians, give me Colossians 2, 16 and 17. Yes. So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbath. Hallelujah. Let there be no judgment. Right? Let no one condemn you. Give me another uh, translation. It says which were a shadow of things to come, but the substance is what? It's Christ. Give me the amplified, yes. So that we can get about better understanding. It says, therefore, let no one judge you in regard to food and drink or in regard to the observance of, of a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day. A Sabbath day. Such things are only a shadow of what is to come and they have, they have only symbolic value. But the substance, the reality of what is foreshadowed belong to who? Belong to Christ simply means his meaning of Christ. Hallelujah. So it's about Christ. For a Christian, every day is special. Monday is as holy as Sunday. Amen. So if there's anything you don't want to do on Monday, right? You shouldn't also do it on Sunday. Hallelujah. We are in the Sabbath already. Hallelujah. Our resting place is in Christ. That is a shadow of the sabbatical, whatever. I don't want to put a leaf there. But, <laughs> hallelujah. Every day is special, you know. The Christian celebrates God's goodness every single day of his life. That Jesus Christ has come into the world, born by a virgin, lived a sinless life, and died for our sins, and rose again for our redemption. That is the message that this season should speak about. And this message is what should be, you know, should be, anchored, uh, should be announced every day, every moment of our lives, our lives and our practices, our faith, our thoughts, our actions should reflect the message that is contained in this very miracle that happened. So what then should our attitudes be to Christians who regard and celebrate Christmas? How should we respond to 
people that adore and honor and acknowledge and raise a day above any other day. Now, our level of light and revelation is not the same. By the grace of God, if you don't know before that 25th is not the day that Jesus was born, today you know. Therefore, with this light that you have, many people who celebrate Christmas don't know that it is a pagan, it's a pagan origin, the origin of it. We must be gracious to bear with those who are weak in the faith. Celebrating Christmas, therefore, does not make them sinners. Hallelujah. Celebrating Christmas does not make them sinners. What makes you a sinner is when you reject Jesus. Hallelujah. What makes you a sinner is when you say, I don't need Jesus Christ. I can live life on my own. I can make, you know, eternity on my own. I don't need forgiveness of God. I'm perfect on my own. You know, they, they, they are not sinners by celebrating Christmas except if they engage in activities that do not glorify God. Hallelujah. You know, some of us say we are in this hall this morning and we have plans for today. You know, you've planned how the day will be. You've marked our programs that are not even scriptural. Amen. You've organized, you know, parties and while... What? No wonder... A lot of things happen after Christmas. While many immoral behaviors such as fornication, adultery, wild parties, and drunkenness increase during Christmas. It increases is at the peak of it. Because people get drunk. People become glutons in Christmas during Christmas period. People eat to the point that they become sick during Christmas period. And gluttony is, is, not, is not righteous. It's a sin. Hallelujah. It's, it's, not, it's not righteous to be, a, to, 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 to be a gluten. Drunkenness is in the increase. Many good things as well happen during Christmas. Hallelujah. For example, many people have come to know Christ during Christmas period, right? They've received salvation on Christmas services such as outreaches and other you know programs that are organized during christmas periods others get gifts and aids that put smiles on their faces and hopes in their lives during christmas period also relationships of many families have been fostered as they use the period to reunite since you know it's a holiday period you know the world is on holiday for some few days so it brings families together. Relationships are built. I personally, you know, call my family and we spoke over the phone. We, you know, we just said about the Christmas period and everything. So it, it brings bond and relationship. Family. This is the good side of it. This is the, 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 the positive side of it. But then we must understand that the origin is key. So we don't celebrate it as those who are practicing without an understanding. Let me tell you, these people in this country, you see them celebrating Christmas, they know what they're celebrating. Don't say, oh, they're doing it because they, don't, they know what they're doing. You are the one that you have your own version of the celebration. But let me assure you that the world knows what they're doing. Hallelujah. So you must be careful to give a different light to this season. That your celebration must be about a person. It's not X mass, it's Christ mass. Hmm? You know, mathematics, X is a missing factor, right? It's Christ. Hallelujah. It's about the person, it's a message about Jesus. 
And when they ask you, you should be bold enough to explain that is we celebrated as what a message concerning the Christ. That he had come, he was born, you know, he lived and he died and he rose again for the forgiveness of my sins. That must be the contextual celebration of Christmas to us. Hallelujah. All days are holy days. Amen. Including December 25th. As the day of Easter. As the day of what? Your own birth even. They are all holy days. Amen. So we must not judge anyone. We will be sinning if we judge them. Merely not celebrating Christmas does not make you spiritual. Hallelujah. Saying, oh, I, we know, I don't celebrate Christmas. It's for holy. It doesn't make you spiritual. Celebrating either does not make you spiritual. What makes you spiritual is when you have a relationship with Christ, which is our own reason for the celebration of the season. Hallelujah. Whether we celebrate Christmas or not, it doesn't make us what? Christians. Romans 14 verse 1. Romans 14 verse 1 to 7. says for the one whose faith is weak accept him into your fellowship but not for the purpose of quarreling over his opinions hallelujah so we are not here to argue about the day oh it's not the day oh we shouldn't celebrate oh we should not celebrate we can choose to say our christmas is in march and we'll celebrate it and it's christmas hallelujah and god is glorified so it's not about one day, once faith permits him to eat everything, while the weak believer eats only vegetables to avoid eating ritually unclean meat or something previously considered unclean. The one who eats everything is not to look down on the one who does not eat. And the one who does not eat must not criticize or pass judgment on the one who eats everything for God has accepted him. Hallelujah. Who are you to judge the servant and the judge, the servant of another, before his own master, he stands approved or falls out of his favor. And he who serves the master, the Lord, will stand for the Lord, is able to make him stand. Verse 5 One person's regard one day as better or more important than, the, than another, while another regards every day the same as any other. Let everyone be fully convinced and sure, satisfied in his own mind. He who observes a day, observes it for the Lord. He who eats, eats it for the Lord. Since he gives thanks to God, while he, he who, obtain, who abstains, abstains for the Lord and gives thanks to God. Hallelujah. None of us lives for himself, for his own benefit, but for who? But for the Lord. And none of us dies for himself, but we die for the Lord. Hallelujah. So therefore, let there be no aspersion casted on people that celebrate and adore Christmas. But then, for us, we must do with an understanding of the origin and the reason. Also knowing what the message is of this season that we celebrate. Hallelujah. What then is the message? What then is the message that, you know, constitutes the season that we are celebrating now? If you are here, and then probably this is your first time of hearing this. First of all, one of the most important factors that contributes to this celebration is that all have seen and all have fallen short of God's standards. 
entire humanity have sinned and are falling short of God's standards. There's no way that man can be perfect on his own. Because man is, has, has, has sinned and has fallen short of God's glory. Romans 3.23. Let's look at that. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. It says, since all have sinned. No, give me King James. For all have sinned. Sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Hallelujah. Now, this is not talking about now, right? If you are not a believer, you are still in the context of this conversation here. All have sinned. Because many times we use this passage to justify our behaviors. Say, you know, I'm a sinner. The Bible says all have sinned. Mm -mm -mm -mm. A believer in Christ is not a sinner. Amen? The all here is in context to those who are not in Christ. Because right now we are in Christ. This is not our judgment. Hallelujah. We are in Christ and we've been forgiven. We are not sinners. Hallelujah. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And then chapter 5 verse 12. Let's look at what Christ did in chapter 5 from verse 12. Romans 5 verse 12. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned, according to the likeness of the transgressions of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's of offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. Verse 16. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For, it, for if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more, hallelujah, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense judgment came to all men resulting in condemnation, even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered the offense. The law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Hallelujah. So that the, as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. So sin came through a man. And the only way by which sin can be taken away is through another man. Hallelujah. Therefore Christ was born as a man. God decided to take the form of man Decided to take the form of a man to come to the rescue of humanity and the entire creation. This is the reason for this season. 
This is the reason for why Christ must become a baby. This is the reason to which Christ must come in the form of flesh. Without him coming, we will be without hope. You and I will be without hope for eternity. We will be eternally condemned and judged because of sin. Hallelujah. Matthew 1.21 specifically said the purpose to which he came. Jesus came to do what? To take away sin. Matthew 1.21 says, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name who? Jesus. For he will save his people from what? From their sins. Hallelujah. So he came that he may save us from sins. From our sin. Our sins. So as you are seated here, have you been saved? Have you really taken advantage of the birth of Christ and are secured eternally? Because you see, no matter how you celebrate Christmas, if you've not accepted the message and the person of the Christmas to whom you are celebrating, then it's a celebration to futility. Hallelujah. The reason why you, you have a wild celebration of Christmas, probably, unless you are disobeying, probably because you don't know the meaning or you've not even accepted the person for the day that we should be celebrating in remembrance of. Hallelujah. So, have you accepted Christ? Have you accepted the reason for which he came? Have you acknowledged, have you accepted the free gift of life that Christ has made available? What I'm saying in a nutshell is, are you born again? You know, there's no room for assumption. There's no room for assuming that because you're celebrating Christmas or you come to church and, ah, you know, everything is settled. No. There must be a point where you come to understand that you are a sinner and that Christ died to forgive you your sins and then you accept that he died for your sins. You believe and you put your trust in his provision for your salvation. That is when actually you become a believer. That is when actually you are saved. Romans chapter 10 talks about this. Romans chapter 10 verse 9. And I don't want you to leave this place, you know, with assumption that you are born again. If you are not sure that you are born again, then you can be sure today. You can be sure today. It doesn't take anything to be born again, but to believe. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 10 verse 9. It says, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. First of all, we confess the Lord Jesus. You've heard us taught this and said this many, many times. You confess the Lord Jesus, not sins. Amen? To be born again, what you confess is Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You will be saved. That is how you become saved. Verse 10. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. 11. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the Lord made, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. 
For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Give me this verse 13 in the Amplified. You see the way it's, it's put. You know, invoking him. You know, pronouncing and accepting his lordship. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord in prayer. Classic, yes. Classic gives me that meaning, yeah. Uh-huh. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, invoking him as Lord, will be saved. Lord means he owns my life. Lord means that he owns everything that concerns me. Amen? Jesus cannot be Lord, cannot be Savior, and he's not Lord. This, are, this is not the same. If he's not Savior, then he cannot be Lord. But if he's Lord, then he is your Savior. Hallelujah. Some of us have accepted his salvation, but we don't want him to be the Lord of our life. It can't work that way. The reason why someone would say he's a believer, he has believed in Jesus, but yet he indulges in things that is contrary to the will of God, is because, you know, you have not accepted the lordship of Jesus over your life. And today, God is calling you into this, you know, reality of accepting his lordship. Accepting the lordship of Jesus will mean that you live for him. Accepting the lordship of Jesus Christ will mean that your life is conducted according to his will and his purpose. Not as a way of being accepted by him, but because you've already been accepted. Therefore, you have, you've come to this place that you've surrendered you know, yourself to him. Amen? You know, we do say that when you come to Christ, you don't give him anything. And it's true. You don't give Christ anything. You only accepted his life. But once you accept his life, you must surrender your body for his glory. Hallelujah. So, giving your life to Christ is only a believer that can give his life to Christ. An unbeliever cannot give his life to Christ. He can only accept the life of Christ. But once you are a believer, accepting the lordship of Christ simply means that you've surrendered yourself, your intellect, your mind, your, your creativity, your body, your everything for the service and for the glory of God. So, what plans have you for today? Is it to celebrate Jesus? Then we must honor him. Hallelujah. And if you are here and then Christ is not the Lord of your life, there's an opportunity to just believe in your heart. It's time to make, you know, a stand where you, where you belong to. You can't continue to run on assumption. You can't continue to run on rebellion. I don't want to assume that all of us here are of the same mind. No. It would be foolish and unreasonable to think that all of us here are born again. But if you are here and then you've not accepted Christ as Lord and Savior in your life, then this season is specifically for you to come to that knowledge. You know, dramatized for us here, Christ came that you will receive life. He came that you will receive eternal life. And don't allow this, you know, provision of God to be wasted. Hallelujah. Now, for us that are believers already, what does this mean to us? Our duty as Christians is to preach the message of Christmas always, every day. We have an obligation to preach the message of Christmas wherever we find ourselves, whenever, wherever as possible, even on your social media is another wall entirely. Actually, it's a fake wall, but even on that wall, we preach the message of, of, of Christmas there. We live the message of Christmas we teach the message of Christmas. Our posts, our, even our fashion must portray the message of Christmas. 
Hallelujah. Our conduct must be guided by the message of this reality that we are celebrating. Romans chapter 10 verse 14. That same Romans 10 verse from verse 14. Talks about, says, but who, but how are people to call upon him whom they have not believed in, whom they have no faith, on whom they have no reliance? And how are they to what? Verse, yes, to believe in him, adhere to trust in and rely upon him, of whom they have never heard. And how are they to hear without a preacher? Now, the angels announce the birth of Christ, but the angels does not announce the gospel. Hallelujah. The angels don't preach the gospel. People preach the gospel. Men are the are the, are, the, are the people with the responsibility to preach the gospel. Even God himself, hmm, he preached to Abraham for sure, but he has delegated that duty to us. We are responsible for preaching the gospel. The honor of bringing sons to glory has been invested to sons of the kingdom to preach about Christ for men to come to glory. And you as a believer have been given that responsibility. How can they hear except there is a preacher? And the next verse talks about, next verse, verse 15. It says, and how can men be expected to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring glad tidings. How welcome is the coming of those who preach the good news of his good things, of this, of his good things. Hallelujah. You have been commissioned to preach the message concerning Christ. And it must be your duty, it must be my duty, it must be our responsibility to ensure that the goodness that we've received, that as we are celebrating this season with a meaning, with an understanding, that we're able to bring others to this same understanding and experience of Christ. Second Corinthians 5.20 For a close... Second Corinthians 5.20 520. So we are what? We are Christ ambassadors. God making his appeal as it were through us. We are Christ's personal representatives. Beg you for his sake to lay hold of the divine favor now and offer you and be reconciled to God. Now what it means that Paul is saying that he, in the context of them, are the ambassadors. We Right? By implication, our ambassadors for Christ, we are Christ representatives on earth to herald this message to the world to hear. By our conduct, most importantly, by the words of mouth. Hallelujah. The gospel is a message that must be heard. It must be preached. And there must be a preacher to preach the message of the gospel. And you have been given that charge to preach the message of the gospel. Hallelujah. Now, can we make it a responsibility and say, Father, let this be a responsibility that I, I do. We are to preach the Christmas message daily through our lives and conduct. We must tell the world about Jesus, that he saves from sin. Hallelujah. Let's close our eyes and pray. I don't know what light you have this morning concerning the season, concerning all the songs we've sung. Concerning all the drama we've, we've, we've watched and, you know, understanding the origin of Christmas itself. 
And if you are here and then, you know, you've not really, 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 really thought about, you know, believing in Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, then there's an opportunity today to do that. And when you make that decision, you don't just sit alone. You meet the pastors, the leaders, and say, I've, I've made this commitment today to follow Christ. I've made a commitment today to believe in this message and to accept the truth of this message that you will be guided and trained in the way to grow and be more, much more functional in the kingdom. And as a believer, you know, there's a re-echoing re- 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 of this truth that, see, this message is to be preached. I have a duty to preach it. Pray for God to help you to preach the message. Pray for boldness. Pray for the grace and the ability to do this work.